There are spiritual dimensions outside of our physical reality that affect us every day. Our dreams and awakening moments are the clues pointing us towards our identity and destiny. This is Spirit Wars. People enter into the art therapy field more from a psychological perspective and then are just a little bit interested in the arts and some of us get into the field as, as artists and we become more, um, more educated along the way into the psychological side of things. But either way, we eventually come to a place where we understand both sides of the field. And so art therapy integrates both the creative and the psychological aspects of who we are as people. So did you start with the art side of things and then through the psychology and the spiritual nature of that? Is that how you started? It's how I started. And and my art also was always the art that I was doing uh, at Shasta College. I actually stayed at Shasta College beyond my AA and just used the art um, department as my studio. (laughs) And I just kept doing art. Um, But it was during that time that I was really aware of my own spiritual growth and development. So it sort of goes together. You know, it's not just one or the other. I've really always been spiritually connected since I was a little girl. My quest for God and creativity was just sort of how I was wired. So it was just a natural flow for me to unfold into this field. Can you delve into or give a brief overview of what art therapy actually is and how it's therapy for an individual? Well, there's a variety of um, stages to art, number one, but art is an extension of who we are from the inside out um, using colors, symbols, imagery. Uh, It's not just about how well we draw, it's about what we're expressing, if you will, from the inside out. It's about expressing our feelings. It's about giving people a tool so that they can understand uh, what's going on within within them. In this culture, a lot of times people don't even realize what they're feeling. So art is a way to visually release and identify what's inside. Well, just today I was doing a group. Two new people came in who had no exposure to art therapy. And through a little bit of relaxation and visualization, all people can see. It's like when you go to bed and you dream. You don't take a class in dreaming, you know, you just do it automatically. So symbolically, we have the ability to see and to release those images onto paper. So I work more like a facilitator or a guide oftentimes. And and that's in a, a group that I do. It's sort of a... Um, Well, it's a medical art therapy program, but it's also a creativity and personal growth and development journey. And wherever we are in life, um, whether we're a child or whether we're an adult, um, it's a place to connect. If you notice when kids are small and they're just playing, they're down on the floor moving around with their toys and interacting with whatever. It could be a doll. It could be a truck. I mean, kids make, make up and play. So adults, we get away from that. So I give people permission to get back in touch. In fact, one of my programs is called Back in Touch, the Art to Heart Connection. So from creativity to clinical therapeutic intervention, I can use art in in a variety of different ways. For the people out there who aren't exactly the most 
articulative art, artists, you know, painting and drawing, because I feel like I was like that as a child and as a, and as a teenager. That came a bit more naturally. But then I guess, yeah, like you said, as you get older, you tend to go, okay, I need to work. I need to earn money. And it gets a bit more black and white. You know, you lose the color in life, so to speak. I'm assuming like in the art therapy, it's not about how good the actual art looks to the wide world. It's about the expression of the heart. Would you be able to go into more of that? I I would like to do that. And I'd like to read something in just a minute. But just to clarify, art therapy is more about process versus product. Oftentimes, if if we're feeling like today, if we're feeling angry, it's important to let that anger out. So anger is not going to look the same as peaceful. So I give people opportunity to get in touch with what that feels like, actually feels like, and through an activity. For example, today I did something called My Body, My Volcano. So we visualize my body as a volcano. And of course, we think about lava and red and anger, which could be there. And we do want to release that. It's better to put it out on paper than to project that back out into somebody you know. But beyond that, when you release those feelings, especially intense emotional feelings like anger or rage or um, depression, anxiety, once we've gotten in touch with those emotions and we've released them onto paper, it gives room for other emotions to also surface, which means we can find balance in emotional regulation. And a lot of times people are, are hurting and creating illness within themselves because it's all stuck inside. You know, oftentimes people aren't given permission to even communicate or identify what's happening with them. Families, families oftentimes have dysfunctional patterns of communication. So art therapy is really an integration of the creative, the symbolic, with the cognitive behavioral type of therapy as well. It's not just all drawing. Sorry, I just want to interject there because you said such a great thing at the beginning. It's not the product, it's the process. I feel like I do I do focus a bit too much on the product, the end result. And I love how the fact that you've just highlighted it's the process because I could just picture myself while you're talking, trying to sit down and paint something. And I'm like, but I want it to look like this at the end. But that's not really the point. The point is to actually just express and be intentional in the process. I'm going to talk about, you've got something here to read yes. in terms of like emotional expression. And how important that actually is because a lot of us didn't learn how to do that as children. So if you want to expand on that, because that's such a big topic. And it's really important because our creative connection is also the open door, if you will, to our spiritual development. And so let me just read this. This actually was written by a student I had many years ago, and it's called Art is the Doorway or a Doorway to Your Heart, a Passageway to Your Feelings a freedom to the true. Art is the entrance to your unconscious, a path to your future, a release of pain and fear. Art allows for new things to surface and be discovered. Art is an instrument to the music of our soul, images that open your eyes, the eyes of your heart. So one of the exercises that I do early on when I'm working in groups or even individually with people, whether you're a child, or an adult, is heart drawing, drawing from the heart, learning to express what shape your heart's in, what you're holding inside, 
It's kind of an introductory learning to begin to express. It's sort of awkward in the beginning because, again, you feel like, well, this should look like something. It doesn't have to look like anything, but it always turns into something anyway. And from there, we do journaling, journaling from the images. So the images, we learn how to listen from the inside out and and learn to um, receive, in a way, our images, the colors. I just think it's so good because there's so many people out there that you know, we don't always acknowledge how we feel about things. And then what, like five years down the track, it all, like a volcano, basically explodes and erupts. Maybe you want to direct us a little bit into anyone who's listening as well, how to identify how you're feeling, maybe through art and some of the techniques that you are using. It's always on the undercurrents of like the emotions that we're feeling and what are the things that you kind of go through with your um, workshops. Let's think about our feeling chart. Do you remember seeing the chart with faces that show the different ways you might be feeling? Happy face, sad face, angry face, embarrassed, jealous. Well, those help us identify the names of our feelings. And that is what, oftentimes, that's what children see in school. And and in many cases, adults may not have even been exposed way back when they were growing up to even the feeling faces. But feeling faces are... are um, are the outside part of ourselves. And sometimes we put on that happy face because we know we're supposed to look happy and please somebody and, you know, be angry, but not not show it, you know. So it gets stuffed. We stuff our emotions. With art therapy and um, even with just creativity and art in itself, we're releasing. Oftentimes we don't even know what we're releasing, but we're enjoying the process. Um, but we can specifically... Learn to identify, and I teach this to children early on, what color is your feeling? I have an exercise where there's five questions. These questions actually came from an art therapist years ago named Lucia Cappuccioni, drawing and writing from the non-dominant hand. So the first five questions, we write them out, and the first question is, who or what are you? So you ask the image. So if it was the forest fire, we'd let the forest fire speak. And then the next question is, how do you feel? What caused you to feel this way? What can I do? What do you need from me? What can I do to help? So those are five questions, but you answer them with your non-dominant hand. So you're bypassing your frontal cortex, and you're drawing from inside the limbic system in the brain. In fact, I can read this to you because this sort of fits in with what I'm saying. It says, the art images that we draw are not stored just in our conscious mind, but are also stored in the realm of the unconscious body-mind, our subcortical brain. Learning to listen to these images as we draw from them allows us to bring them into a place of conscious awareness where they can be integrated into our daily lives on our what I call our path to wellness. So these images hold information about who we are, what we know, what we've experienced, and how we feel from a deeper mind, body, and soul connection. This connection allows us to return to a place within our core being where we are able to expand our awareness, personal growth, and wellness. Can we go back to the, what you talked about with the frontal and, and the cortex? Okay, can you describe what part of our brain that we would be using when we're doing the art therapy? What kind of part are we accessing more of? We're accessing the subcortical brain. It's in the limbic system. It's the, it's the place that holds our memories, um, our thoughts. Our thoughts are in the frontal cortex. But in the, in the limbic system, 
that's where we hold, again, our memories, our feelings, smells. It's it's a, our sensory connection. Can some people be naturally more dominant operating in some – like we talk about like left-sided brain, right-sided brain. Has that got anything to do with what you were just saying just then or – in terms of like some people shut down their emotions or their creativity more and be, what was it, right side of brain? Like everything you're talking about makes me think of dreams and the okay. way like I personally use my dreams in the morning and record them and journal them. It Great. seems like a similar process right. to the way that you're getting your students, your your clients to produce art and then that process of connecting whatever you're seeing in like an abstract form to a more of a literal, because I find that very helpful myself. I don't think in abstract. I never thought in or realized that my mind is, you know, pulling up pictures when I'm, you know, speaking certain words. And that really sort of helped me connect more of like the abstract, the colors, the things that are going forth and, and dialoguing that out. But I mean, I was going to ask if you utilize dreams in in some of your therapy. I know that. Sometimes we do, depending on who that person is that I'm working with. Some people come in wanting to work on dreams. And you can draw your dreams out, and they're symbolic. So we we explore those and find out what the meanings may be and how it relates to your life or what's happened, or maybe there's a prophetic connection as well. You know, there's a variety of different types of dreams. So that's a whole topic in itself, really. I guess what I was drawing to was, and like Courtney was alluding to, is that the separation between that okay. creative side, maybe the more literal side? Is that related in any way to what you're talking about now? Okay, we have our left brain and our right brain. The right brain is related to our creative process. The left brain is more analytical. It's where we do all our math. And sometimes creative people can get lost or we get shut down and we're not given permission to use that part of our brain. But we all have capacity. There was a man in 1939 named Victor Lowenfeld, who was an educator, an art educator. And he did some research, and he discovered that there were two specific types of creatives. There was the representational creative person and the haptic creative person. Haptic meaning emotional, abstract, representational people being more concrete and exact, which is kind of what you were talking about. Not everybody is one or the other. Sometimes we're a combination of the two. And there's different tests that you can take that'll actually measure where you are in terms of your, uh, it's called the Myers-Briggs. It measures whether you're internal or external, whether you're emotional or more intellectual or judgmental, So, I mean, there's interesting tools that help us measure where we're at, which also helps people understand that we're not all the same, that we are different. It helps people, relationships especially, see that, you know, not everybody is going to see things through your your sunglasses. You know, the lens that you're wearing is only the lens you have, but there's another point of view. And there's a reason for that. And so we are all wired differently. I love what you just said in terms of the creative, the two creatives. Can you repeat that, the two creative terms? Yes, representational versus haptic. And also, this is what was interesting about what Lowenfeld discovered. He discovered haptics through the non-seeing population, the blind, people who were blind at birth, typically were more haptic. But he also discovered that there was a small percentage of people who had been blind from birth that were drawing representationally. How could that be? has to be how their brain is functioning, how for some reason they can see and can draw. And maybe it doesn't look perfectly the same as somebody else 
like photographically maybe, but in terms of how they choose to draw and represent, you know, that kind of art was pretty much a phenomena. So then he decided to check that out in the seeing population. And he discovered that, yes, there's a large percentage of people who are more representational, but there are also a percentage of people who are more abstract. So that gives us full freedom to be who we are, to express the way we express, and that it's not just one or uh, one way or the other. 